Hello, uh, welcome to the Gentleman Makers Shedcast for Friday 29th of October 2021. All Hallows Eve, yes, that's the right way to say it, is almost upon us. There'll be spooky goings on. Not here though. <laughs> we don't we don't play along with this. It's uh, obviously it's become a bit diluted with influences from elsewhere. Uh, I'm certainly not going to be donning a skeleton or skellington costume, depending on who or where you are, and roaming the streets with small children demanding sweets from other people. What we will be doing, of course, is watching Strictly Come Dancing. Now, the Halloween special, like a bit of dancing. <laughs> I've been likened to Mr. Anton Dubeck, uh, bizarrely, by Link's daughter. Uh, he can dance better than I can, and he can probably present on television better than I can as well. So where have we been? What have we done? It would have been a, an Adam weekend this this weekend past, if you remember it, all those days ago. But he, he was not well, so we didn't go and get him. But uh, I did go and visit my mother up in, in uh, south-east London, Bexley Heath. It's part of Kent. It's always been part of Kent, apart from when it turned into a London borough in the 60s, when it stopped being a part of Kent, but is still a part of Kent. It makes no sense to me. It's got a Kent postcode. <laughs> We refer to it as Kent still, despite the London sprawl gradually. It, London is, is like a rising sewage, I think, and uh, it's creeping slowly ever outward, and it's reached Bexley Heath, or Bronxley Heath as we refer to it. Uh, it's gone downhill. Anyway, yes, we um, went to Mum's, and I made... I didn't make two picture frames, that's a lie. I took one existing picture frame that was broken, had a, a, an illustration a pastel illustration of two greyhounds. I, I repaired that, cleaned the frame, and put it back together. The corners were ick. And cut a, a new mount, and put some new non-reflective glass in that one. That was clean. It looked nice. They're the, I don't know if you watch the repair shop like I do, but um, when you see any of the repairers, the makers there, cleaning something with cotton wool and water, you think, that's not going to do anything? Gosh, does it. This frame, it had clearly been on a wall somewhere for many, many years. And it was so grimy. It's the sort of dirt you don't notice, isn't it? Because it builds up slowly over time. So using some, some cotton and a, just a little water, I gradually wiped all the filth off of, off of it. And it was very obvious which piece of the moulding was the top edge and which was the bottom edge because of the way the dirt sat on it. Uh, it uh, it had stained, or there were a couple of stains on what I'm thinking was the, the lower piece of moulding. So I, having cleaned it a lot, I made that uh, the top, so it's less noticeable. But the whole thing came up quite bright. Uh, very, very 80s. It was made in 1985. That's when the illustration was done. It was very much of that time, a bit grey. <laughs> It, everything was grey, black, red or white, wasn't it, if you remember? All graphics. Uh, it wasn't, obviously. Oh, yes, and um, as we'd missed the actual day of Mum's birthday, I gave her the, the presents. Uh, Nick had made her some felted slippers uh, from her hand-spun yarn, which she knitted into enormous, um, looked like kiddies' booties, but much bigger than they'd be if you put them on. And then she puts them in the washing machine, which felts the fibre. It shrinks and knots together, and 
they come out at the right size. It's very clever. It's magical. The whole process is, is magic, isn't it, playing with yarn? Uh, Mum's very pleased those fit perfectly. And I gave her a paintbrush stand that I'd made, which I think I mentioned last week. Anyway, she's very happy with that. Put loads of brushes in it. Will you make some more, she said. So there we go. Got some more of those to make. Sunday, uh, we potted around a bit and I created some artwork or lasering with and practicing on the CNC and I baked some bread. Well, the machine baked the bread. I put the ingredients in the machine and uh, I made butter chicken for dinner. That was very nice. Um, Monday, Monday, Nick doesn't work Mondays, so we, we sat and talked and, and uh, drank coffee, did some planning, and I watched her doing that thing with her hand-spun yarn where she waves her fingers about, and it becomes a garment. She's making a jumper for her daughter, actually, a very pretty series of blues with a bit of sparkle in it, a little natural fibre but with silvery sparkles running through it, which is not natural. I've never seen any foil sheep. <laughs> That'd be quite cool. Tuesday I was in the shop between 10 and 2. It was a bit quiet. It's half term. The schools are off having a holiday here in the UK and again next week for a lot of schools apparently. It's all a bit mixed up nowadays. Then I did some design work and a bit of logo design in the afternoon. Wednesday I changed the tyre on the car, put the spare on, which was flat. I had to pump that up. I don't think that's ever been off. Hey Charlie. Charlie's come to see me. And then I went into the shed and did some tidying and some messing around there. Thursday, started extreme planning, uh, working on an enormous list of ideas and projects, everything I can possibly think of. Just one long list that we will then formalise into a spreadsheet, uh, maybe use Trello, organisational software or something like that, which will give Nick a chance to see what I'm supposed to be achieving and help us um, achieve goals, because I have a lot of ideas and I just think about them, oh, that's a good idea. And then forget, there is a, a whopping great list if I were to sit and write them all down, which I am doing as they come to me. <laughs> you walk around thinking, oh yes, I'd love to do this, I'd love to do that. When you sit to write them down, most of them hide, as if they only want to ever be ideas, something to muse over, and, and not to be actioned. So I'm, I'm seeking them out, strolling through the deepest recesses of the, the cavernous building that is my mind, the, the mind palace as, as uh, Sherlock Holmes would, would have you believe strolling down these dusty old corridors with fleeting ideas leaping from door to door across my path and I'm not quite seeing them apart from the very recesses of the corners of my eyes I've got two eyes fortunately that's that <laughs> we did a bit of um, shop planning as well I met Wattie Wicks uh, down in the shop and we did a bit of planning for a new layout and a bit of Christmassy thing and did a little bit of work on the website we're working on. She does a lot of that for other people. I've not worked on a proper website for many years. And this one is in WordPress, which was the last time I actually had anything to do with the website, apart from my own one. So that, that's taking up a fair bit of attention. And today being Friday, I went and opened the shop for one of our volunteers this morning. Now I've come back and I've been playing in, in Illustrator, doing some more uh, I Love series of, of graphics for things I'm making and shouting at the PC as well. What is it with PCs? You, you click on the icon of some software to launch. Talking Windows here, PC, not Mac. There's zero evidence of anything happening. No sign that the software is opening. 
So you click again, and think, oh, this is ridiculous, and you go and do something else, build a house or something. And by the time you've come back, you've got two iterations. Why does it do that? It's so unnecessary. <laughs> oh, gosh, I wish I could afford a, a, a new Mac laptop. Uh, never mind, I can't. So I just persevere with the, the Windows PC. And when it's open, it works fine. Although Fusion itself was running very slowly the other day, I, I discovered by some Googling that turning off the Google Analytics, which is built into Fusion for reasons I haven't fathomed, turning that off sped it up in use quite a lot. I suppose that's the downside of using the free version, is that they like to see what you're up to. Ooh. Uh, that's that. Um, ah, stay awake, Chromebook. Needs power. Uh, back again. I, Charlie just went crackers at uh, the postman putting junk through the front door. So we've cut that out. But I'm telling you anyway. But you can hear me telling you because Charlie's not barking. Right, yes, I've come to the end of weaning off of my medication. So I'm now afloat without chemical assistance. Um, not my doctor's suggestion. I haven't seen him in, in at least 18 months. Uh, I researched it and the best way to go about coming off of it uh, just don't give me anything fragile to hold until I've got a bit of a wobbly head still, which is fine. That's that's expected. Uh, <laughs> using the table saws, fine. Everything is fine. Every now and again, I'll just go a bit light-headed. It's um, it's a bit dizzy, a bit vertigo-ish, a bit many airs disease, but it's not constant. It's, it's similar to having blocked sinus. It's quite peculiar. Um, it really is just just makes your head wobble. That's it. Simple as that. Anyway, uh, on to a topic which is interesting in a way. We'll keep it brief. Not too too much of a long one today because I've got a lot to do. And we've been working on a branding exercise for the shop made by Kent. And it's uh, the shop itself is a it's a collective of between fifty and sixty makers, uh, most of which make things that sell through the shop. Some are just interested because it's it's a good cause. The shop is run voluntarily by us. There's three of us that run it. Uh, and then we have a load of volunteers up from the maker pool that come in and staff it one at a time. It's not like we're swamped with, with customers all the time. Uh, you can get a bit busy occasionally. And it's a small shop. I can't tell you how big because my SketchUp model that I've drawn in 3D is closed at the moment. Anyway, irrelevant. It's a small shop in the high street of the village here where we live. It's a lovely shop and we want to further it to increase its appeal, etc. We've been working on, on a website um, which we will maybe take online sales through at some point with all the makers on board for that. But we've been looking at improvements and part of that, of course, is understanding what our competition is and where we sit in the market and how our brand appears, how it might be perceived. And originally when the shop was set up, it, it got put together very quickly by Katie who started it. I think the shop itself, the interior she put together within a couple of weeks, begged, borrowed, stolen furniture for, for shelving, etc. You know, it was a, an eclectic mix. And we've reached a point now where we think we can improve that. There's a few pounds in the bank, and we're going to put it to good use. I've created a, a 3D model based on measuring the interior, and 
got to present that to the girls. Actually, I've shown Watty because we were meeting yesterday. She likes what I've done. This is this is our. What would you do if you if money was no option? Appearance. So we're going to do that. I'll cost it as best I can, and and then if we can't do it all at once, we'll pick and choose the things that will have the, the greatest impact to benefit the makers and and to highlight the products the best. That's our our goal there. We want to champion the cause of the makers because it's about them. Without the makers themselves making the goods, the shop wouldn't need to exist. And of course, as an individual, as a maker, you have various channels. You have Etsy and, and similar things to Etsy. You have physical markets that you go to and, and shops to sell through, of which there are a couple around here, just a couple. So it's important that we build the shop as a recognisable brand, but without riding roughshod over the makers who themselves are their own brands so the shop itself doesn't make anything it is merely a channel for the public to buy the produce of other makers uh, through yeah that's the way <laughs> it takes a while to work things out sometimes isn't it so we're working on events we're working on a rebrand of the appearance of the shop we have a logo that's kind of it i've created some brand guidelines as is my practice uh, from years of old and with, with the brand we're going to make more of it make it more visible on the high street because it it's not that visible you can drive by and not see it so it, it needs a bit more oomph as it were it's kind of nice as it is but needs a little bit more instant recognition and, and the colors are very common a lot of people use colors similarly and Anyway, we'll see. <laughs> it's a work in progress. We'll see. So my, you know, my my thoughts for the topic were: this is a useful thing to do, and lots of people don't do it. Lots of people that start a business and possibly why they fail so readily is that people come up with a logo and they, oh, I'll design a logo for my brand, and that's it. They just design a logo, and that's it. They don't look at the the interaction of that logo with the product, with any marketing material, with the appearance of a, of a shop if they're having a shop front or how their their goods would appear on the shelf of somebody else's shop and a lot of the makers we work with in the shop itself some of them some of them have got branding most of them that goes way beyond their thought process they're enthusiastic about making a thing they make that thing they make that well and that's where it stops it's not enough to just to do that you, you've got to pay attention to the entire thing it's, it's all part of the deal the customer is buying into an experience the product is is almost irrelevant it's it's how you sell it how it looks how it's packaged if you do packaging if, if how you talk about your product even the, the the cost of the product they're almost these things are almost more important than the product itself of course you need to have the product in order for all the other things to follow on but as much time and attention needs putting into the vehicle that gets the products to market via the shop via the internet via word of mouth even the customer has to has to want more has to want to know more has to want to engage with the brand and whilst we could spend a great deal of time investigating and researching etc we, we are because we're voluntary we're trying to do our own thing as well as this we have a, a certain amount of time to apply to this. We've given ourselves a deadline to launch the website. And we are 
cracking on, making, improving our brand and making our brand work so we can have a website. Just with a logo, couldn't really do it. So we're working on that. I'm working on that. What is working wonders with the WordPress site. She's very familiar with it. And I've got some work to do on it. We sat down and divvied up tasks. <laughs> so it'll be broken uh, before it gets fixed. It's not 100% familiar working on a WordPress site, but I kind of get the idea and how these template-driven things work, having used Wix for my last last website I created and, and Google workspaces for my existing one, which is really simple. But they're all fairly similar, just some have slightly different ways of working or, or more widgets that do things for you that you can use uh, to advantage, etc. So that's where that's at. Yeah, so think about your brand. I think about mine, and I, mine needs improving, I know. But I'm I'm happy with it, and I'm happy with the, the basic appearance of it. When I began Gentleman Maker a good number of years ago now, it, it looked a little different to how it looks now. And I, I've modernised it. I got stuck in the mindset of, of gentlemen being old-fashioned, which, when you think of a gentleman, perhaps that's what comes to mind. The chivalrous gent with the curly whiskers and the tweed... I have curly whiskers. <laughs> I'm not wearing tweed right at this moment, but I've got some somewhere. But there's no reason why the gentleman can't exist in the modern age and have the same values as a gentleman. That's where I'm driving mine. So that's branding. That was easy. <laughs> we could be here for days talking about branding. There is such an awful lot to, to investigate, to talk about, and do's and don'ts, and, and uh, finger in the wind, you know, <laughs> Sometimes branding is about that. And uh, we can come back to that. But not this year. I thank you all very much for listening. It's been a real treat to broadcast to you for the past 34, including this, 35 episodes. Uh, there's there's going to be a bit of a rest. This is the last Shedcast for 2021. I'm taking a planned break just from the recording the Shedcast. I We'll continue to write notes and ideas um, ready for the new year, where I may shift direction a little. I've got some time to think about it whilst I'm down the shed, actually down the shed. What is it? It's 11.30 in the morning now, and I've not been near the shed yet. And uh, I will do. I'll be down there later. Uh, the weather's horrible here, by the way. It was absolutely teeming down with rain first thing this morning. After yesterday, which was lovely, I cut the grass, put the front garden to bed, effectively, uh, so yes, I'm having a break. Have I earned it? Probably not. Will I take it? Of course I will. <laughs> Going to make the most of this new um, medication-free, uplifted attitude. And we'll see where we go with it. So everyone, um, happy Guy Fawkes Night, happy Halloween, happy Armistice, uh, happy Christmas, and a happy New Year. All in one go. <laughs> we'll come back in the new year. There will be more. There's plenty to say. At least you can't shut me up. I think that's the essence of it. So, for now, have a good November, December. Speak to you in the new year. Bye for now.